0: This movie really uh, made me realize that there is more than one way to spell mama. We have to go back! Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 2008 movie musical...
1: Mamma Mia! Mamma Mia! Exclamation mark. You have to scream it. Mamma Mia! Mamma Mia! Oh, see, you live in a house, I live in an apartment, and I don't want to get evicted.
0: <laughs> and we are reviewing this movie in honor of the sequel, Mamma Mia, colon, oh. here we go again. Which, I would say, goes right up there with movie sequels. Side tangent about movie sequel titles. The movie... Now You See Me. Longtime listener of the show, Cooper, said, if the sequel to Now You See Me isn't Now You Don't, I won't see the movie. And I said, Cooper, I agree. I think that is just logical because if you have the setup, yep. you take mm-hmm. the payoff. And they squandered it. Not Mamma Mia. Mama Mia said, Hey, if we want people to buy tickets to this, we need to give them what they want, and that is a perfect sequel title. Here we
1: go again.
0: And you may be
1: thinking, "Mamma Mia" is not that old, and this is a retro movie podcast. Well, the rule we go by is ten years, mathematically, maybe not by calendar yes. release. So, two thousand eight just barely made the cut, and it's Mamma Mia. We, we, we don't need a reason to watch Mamma Mia. We could have done this, even if they weren't making a sequel. Yeah, we could have done this for Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. We could have done it when Mother came out. Right? Which also had we, an exclamation mark. Why didn't we do this when Mother came out?
0: Why? Man, I'm really f- figuring out how much of a wasted opportunity.
1: We could have done this on uh, Mia's Day.
0: <laughs> uh, we could have done this on Amanda Siegfried's birthday. No further questions. So like say Fried, I don't know. I Siegfried, like she's a like and Roy? Magician's daughter. <laughs> of the Siegfried and Roy dynasty? <laughs> <laughs> Which one of them is her father? Mamma Mia, the movie musical came out at a time where Hollywood apparently remembered that musicals existed. Mm -hmm. There were, in the early 2000s, there were a series of movie musicals. Uh, Moulin Rouge is kind of one of the earlier ones that got it started. Uh, Then Chicago, Phantom of the Opera, Rent, Dreamgirls, Hairspray, Sweeney Todd. All of these movies came out uh, within, from like 2001 to like 2007. And then Mamma Mia said, you know what? I would like to submit us into the movie musical adaptation. And they did. Now, to give you a little bit of backstory, Mamma Mia is a 1999 um, Broadway musical uh, based off of the large, vast uh, collection of music from the hit band ABBA. Now, You, like me, might not have a deep connection to ABBA, but more so a deeper connection to the 18s. We'll get to them later, but they basically made this jukebox musical, basically a musical using a series of popular songs that people know and kind of forming a narrative around it, and it became one of the most successful stage plays, like, of all time. In fact... Hold for scrolling. Uh, in 2005, Mamma Mia surpassed the original Broadway runs of The Sound of Music, The King and I, with 1,500 performances. Uh, in 2014, it surpassed Rent to become the 8th longest running Broadway musical and ninth longest running show of all time with 5,124 performances. Now, 2014, that's in the future talk in retro movie talks. But... Uh, it's it broke a ton of records, so obviously it made sense to make a movie adaptation out of it. So they decided to get none other than Meryl Streep to star in this movie. And who else are you gonna get than someone who has trouble knowing who the father is of her child, than someone who played someone who was very adamant about making sure that her that she and her Kramer versus Kramer just, Kramer versus Kramer is where I'm trying to get to I'm just trying to get to Kramer versus Kramer she
1: does have a tough time making choices regarding children which is a much darker reference to her film Sophie's choice
0: see that that's the reference that most people would go with no I like Kramer versus Kramer I th- I think it's I think it's good <laughs> Uh, Karen Smith grew up, got out of the Regina George clique from Mean Girls, and grew up with her mother on an island. And then she tried to figure out who her dads are going to be. Wow. Looks like head canon came early this year. <laughs> She's like, is my dad a secret agent? Is he 007? Is my dad Mr. Darcy? Or is my dad that scientist from Thor? It could be any of these people. And all in time for her wedding. And that, my friends, is the not confusing at all synopsis of Mamma Mia. Also they sing a lot and it's to Abba.
1: Or Abba depending on where you went to school. <laughs> oh
0: is it Abba?
1: <laughs> it's I mean I don't think they even know. It's all phonetic.
0: I think it's pronounced
1: Jive Abba. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good uh synopsis that that you have there for Mamma mia uh judging by that synopsis i think you could also call this movie three minute and a baby let's just
0: <laughs> set to music the movie musical Mamma mia uh made a ton of money with a production budget of about 52 million dollars mama mia grossed a worldwide total of 650 million dollars becoming the highest grossing live action musical of all time until it was surpassed by bill condon's beauty and the beast in 2017 just last year and it was also the highest grossing movie directed by a woman until it was surpassed by patty jenkins wonder woman in 2017 so 2017 was a big year and Mama Mia said, well, it's time to come out of retirement and reclaim my title. That is a,
1: a very impressive turnout and quite a win for Playtone. Uh, you may have noticed that in the credits, executive producers were Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks. Uh, and if they sound familiar, it's because they started Playtone. Um uh, <laughs> The actually Playtone label was uh, the same label used in that thing you do, it was where it was created. That was the record company, uh, and they've gone on to make a couple other movies about weddings and islands, including My Big Fat Greek Wedding and uh, Castaway. So, uh, he certainly has a type, <laughs> uh, but if If there's a Tom Hanks film that uh, feels more like an independent film, it's probably uh, a Playtone film, like Charlie Wilson's War, or, uh, I mean, Polar Express, I guess, didn't feel like an independent film, but that was Playtone. Larry Crown, even The Circle. Uh, So uh, a lot of Tom Hanks' passion projects go through this Playtone label, and Mamma Mia was one of them, and Mamma Mia... Exclamation mark, here we go again is also going to be a playtone uh title. So um it's always fun when that pops up, you know that uh, they are, even if indirectly associated with this. Um, but I just love that it essentially means that it exists in the same universe as that thing you do, which I feel like all things should. Hashtag why no sequel. Hashtag that thing we did.
0: Now, Grayson, uh, you actually have quite an extensive background with Mamma Mia. Would you care to share? I don't know if I'd call it as much
1: as a background as it is a raw and undying enthusiasm for the source material and all subsequent creations from that source material. Uh, I did see the show live at the Fabulous Fox Theater in St. Louis, Missouri. And it was incredible. I actually saw it with Kristen Hines, who was on our uh, uh, Scream episode. Uh, And I also saw it with Michael Fluchet from The Unexpected Podcast. At the time, nobody had a podcast, and we were just going to see a live musical. Uh, It was uh, a lot of fun, and I... I don't think the movie had come out at that point. Uh, and so I knew nothing about Mamma Mia, and I went and I saw it, and I thought it was such an, a, a fun show. Uh, it's an interactive show for the most part because of the way that they constructed the um, the, the songs. So a lot of times you get people in the audience who were fans of ABBA, and they knew the songs already, and so you're going into it basically able to create this sing-along experience, uh, which was a lot of fun. And just the the kind of set design that you get in the movie was also reflected on stage, bright colors, uh, just beautiful Mediterranean feel. So I I was a huge fan of of the stage musical. And then when they came out on a movie film, I was like, they got some big flip-flops to fill. And it was... Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I know a lot of people think it's just like a goofy musical and they kind of look down on it. Whatever. This movie makes me well up every single time I watch it. Not only that, the sequel's trailer makes me... I cried in a theater just watching the trailer to Mamma Mia 2. Uh, and it's the, line, it's the line where she says, I just want to make my mama proud. Or I just want to make my mother pr- I can't even remember. I was blinded by emotion and deafened at the same time. Uh, she says, I just want to make my mother proud. And Colin Firth, in his beautiful accent, just says, like, you haven't done that your entire life. Or something to that effect. Again, it's I have only seen the trailer because <laughs> at the time of this recording, the movie's not out yet. And I didn't get an early screening, but it's it's packed with emotion is what I'm trying to get at. I feel like... Am I talking loud? I feel like I'm talking loud, and it's hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like this movie. And I, so that's why I say I, I more have enthusiasm for it than, uh, like, expertise. I actually know very little about the background of this movie for how enthusiastic I am about it and how big a fan I am for it. I just enjoy the experience every time I watch it. Um, and uh, I just, it's just fun and I love it. <laughs> I do. I just love it. So Ricky, when you were like, Hey, Mamma Mia 2 coming out. I think we should review Mamma Mia. At first I was, I said, no, I said, we're not, I don't want to do it. And you're like, Oh, cause you don't like it. I said, no, because I like it too much. Ricky. <laughs> I like it too much, so here we are, uh, and I'm I'm glad I had another reason to watch it again.
0: That's awesome. See, I have never. This is my first time watching this movie, so my only exposure to ABBA um, isn't from the original band ABBA or ABBA or ABBA. ABBA, ABBA. Um, it was actually uh, the 1998 abba abba tribute band called abba teens or you may know them better as the a teens um a dash teens or a asterisk teens uh the swedish pop music group that literally made a career being kids covering abba songs living the dream why does anyone dream anymore 18s already did it. Um and that was the first time that I had ever heard Dancing Queen or um or any of the other songs that was on their <laughs> original album and then they came out with a second album which had not one ABBA song and I was just confused. I'm just like but that's your whole that's your whole thing. That's like being called um <laughs> we're we're Dream girl teens, and then they just do all Jay Z songs on their second album. It's like, but I don't know anyway. That's just me going back in my childhood and being confused about creative choices for people much more successful than me. That's great. Uh, The A teens were like my first uh, exposure to anything ABBA, so there was a big draw for people who like loved ABBA and I hadn't even heard of ABBA until you know the ABBA Generation album that came out in 1999 and um and so when the movie came out or when the movie musical came out I just didn't have any reference to it so watching it this time around I get so much of a lot of things uh I just think that Like, this movie, uh, or more so the source material, the play, I think it just has a lot, uh, a huge influence in pop culture. Um, I didn't know how many times that this was referenced in other media. (laughs) Um, And I also forget... uh, how much hearing dancy queen being performed gives me chills because <laughs> every time i saw every time that song came on even during uh like the curtain call i was just like why do i get chills <laughs> like when this is happening i just i don't know something about that song is just perfect yeah to to see this in theaters also
1: was an amazing experience too, because that chill factor you're talking about, most of the uh, audience also had uh, the nostalgia factor. And so when that curtain call plays during the credits, there were middle-aged women just running to the front near the screen, just like dancing along. And uh, I, I'll i be honest, that's never happened to me in another movie. Uh, and I then went uh, I saw I saw this in theaters a couple of times. I then went to a sing-along version where they have it at the bottom and that was, that was totally different. So even if you don't know the words by heart, they had the lyrics uh, along the bottom of the screen and people were just belting it out. So I assume that they're going to do that again for the sequel. Uh, if you have the opportunity to go to one of those, go. Because you will just experience unbridled enthusiasm uh, and joy as people uh, just sing at the screen. It, it's actually a lot of fun.
0: Unbridled, Grayson? Oh, I, I did it. I said it. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. <laughs> did. It? <laughs> uh, was there anything you noticed this time around that you didn't notice before? Um, so yeah, there was
1: actually one thing that I said out loud to my wife and she was like, okay, was um how close together... <laughs> They put Slipping Through My Fingers and Winner Takes It All. It, they give you like a minute to em- emotionally adjust and then they hit you again. Because, in my opinion, those are like the two most e- emotional songs of the whole movie. Like, Slipping Through My Fingers, she's talking about like her daughters moving on and where did the time go? And then she immediately has to confront Sam about their relationship. Uh- It moves fast. It moves very fast. And I didn't, in my mind, they were further away. Uh, I didn't realize they were like basically scene to scene. So uh, I I noticed that uh, this time. Uh, Also, uh, it never really, and I've seen this a ton of times, it still never really clicked that they yelled Aphrodite at the end. Uh, cause they set that up early on where they're like, we're going to start a website because it's Aphrodite's fountain. And then when it springs up, they yell like in slow motion, they're like, Aphrodite's fountain. And I never <laughs> really got this like, oh yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Um, so I'm curious to see how that pays off. I also watched it through a, a totally different lens this time, knowing that there was a sequel because Continuity. I am nervous about the continuity for this sequel. Can I just say that? Because there are several times where they either do like a hallucination flashback or show a picture of them from when they knew Donna, who was going to be played by Lily James, and nobody really looks like what they're going to look like in this next movie, especially Pierce Brosnan, who has like this uh, like later in the career Beatles type look to him. So... I'm (laughs) very kind of nervous about how they're going to do that. The thing that throws me the most is that they reference that Donna's mom died because she's like, somebody up there is trying to get me and they're like, I bet it's your mom, but isn't Cher her mom? Isn't Cher going to, and they also talk about how her mom is like had these puritanical type, like very conservative uh, mindset. And then Cher shows up being like, that's the best kind of party, little girl. Like, hmm, hmm huh. So that, I, I gotta say, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous about how these two are going to play together. I'm excited to see the second one, but at the same time, I having just watched it, I'm like, surely the screenwriters for the second movie watched the first movie, right? And like jotted down notes. just Because there are so many specifics about that That's what I appreciate about this movie. And what I didn't realize before, to answer your question, I didn't realize how much detail they pepper in throughout the story about, like, oh, well, you came here because my grandmother was sick or this was my boat and, like, my guitar was actually lent to you and I carved my name in the back. There are so many specific details that we should see and should pay off in the sequel. And if they don't, I'm going to be... A little upset, so I uh, i'm I'm a, li- I'm a little scared to be honest because there's um, there's a lot to work with, and they've been given so many gifts. If this were an improv scene and those details were like set up, it would be bad improv not to pay them off in a later scene. Uh, if this were like a long form structure, so I just <laughs> I just hope t- 10 years is a pretty long form structure, so I I just hope
0: that they. They listen to themselves and pay that off. Guarantee you, as soon as the Blu-ray comes out, they're going to be like, here is the Mamma Mia, here I go again, my, my edition, uh, where (laughs) they... uh, cut the flashbacks anytime they reference like remember when we were the dynamos and they're gonna like cut back to the sequel where they actually yeah. have them younger and then show everything and then it ends up being just a three-hour musical where um you hear the same songs over and over again because i was talking with my wife and i'm just like there's not new abba music is there like there are is it gonna be like the same songs in the Musical, And I looked it up. I know there were a couple of tracks that were not included Yeah, uh, that were a part of the original stage production that they didn't put in the movie. But yeah, some of them they
1: use in the credits in this movie, but it would be great to see a more of them featured in the actual
0: film. Well, so here's the thing, Grayson. I had some headcanon for you, and I think you know when. And I've made up my mind it must come to an end. Look at me now. Will I ever learn? I don't know how, but I suddenly lose control. And there's a head cannon in my soul. Just one look, and I can hear the cannon fire. One more look, and something that rhymes with fire. Oh, oh. Head cannon. Unique ideas about the movie, and my, my, untold stories based on evidence provided by the film flawless rendition didn't even try to sing it because wow. i can't so wow right on the dot dot dot
1: <laughs> i say that like right on the dot is a phrase people use but it it isn't i just wanted to say dot dot dot
0: now i've already kind of sprinkled in some of my head canon about you know mean girls um, um. i think my biggest piece of head canon is somewhere in the marvel cinematic universe this is all happening oh really Um, and yes that this is in fact uh that the character that um stellan Skarsgård plays Mm -hmm. um is uh the same character that he plays in thor eric selving um he seems to be he's like oh you're this adventurer and i really do think that that's uh a pen name, basically, that he goes by, um, or his, the character in the movie, uh, Bill Anderson. Like, and he couldn't be. That sounds. I guess uh, to me, that's just like a very uh, American-sounding name, and he's so far from that. And he's he's very very Swedish, and so I think that uh, you know, he's a part of the MCU. And that is his linchpin. And Mm -hmm. another headcanon, if that doesn't work, is that this is 007's final Uh. mission. Uh, Love. So uh, we all know that there is a lot of theories about uh, James Bond, Agent 007. Is it the same guy? Kind of like the doctor or is agent 007 more of a title that multiple people take on? Well, under the latter, when this Pierce Brosnan version of 007 did retire um, and went and took on a completely new identity, uh, he decided to go pick up his life uh, after or before he became a secret agent. I think the real thing that he left Donna for wasn't like marriage. It was a life as a secret agent. And that's why he hadn't been back for 20 years because he was serving the country for so long. Uh, I think in men in black, they kind of give a good example of it where they kind of like when someone does retire, their memory is wiped and then they just go back to their life before they joined the agency. I think that that could be—oh, sorry, spoilers for Men in Black. Uh, but I think that that is the—that's um, that bit of headcanon. And then also, uh, another bit of headcanon is that um, Harry is Darcy's son or grandson from um, not the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, a hit web series, uh, but Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Pride and Prejudice uh, from his era of Pride and Prejudice. Headcanon. Nice. Uh, to kind of contribute
1: to your MCU headcanon, uh, there's another MCU character, or I should say, actor in, uh, in this world who is difficult to recognize without the mustache, but that is young Howard Stark as Sky. He no. certainly <gasps> has a type.
0: Oh my gosh, you're right! Mm-hmm. Dominic Whoa! Cooper. Oh, that's him?
1: Yeah. Oh! Yeah, before he was ever Howard Stark, he was smoking a cigar as sky on the Greek island of this place. Wow.
0: Um, Another piece of headcanon that I have is something that my wife actually pointed out to me, uh, which is, it, it's not a solid headcanon, just more of an observation. Uh, Amanda uh, Siegfried and Roy um, has a very similar... Kind of upbringing about not knowing who her father is when she also plays grown up Cosette from Les Mis, whose mother also doesn't know who the father is because she was cheated by someone and she thinks, you know, (laughs) in. Sorry, I'm very hazy so, on the lyrics of Mama Mia. I'm very sorry. So that's
1: the Mama Mia Le Mis connection. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: And so it's just, who knows if this is just a, um, ooh, this is just, Mama Mia is really just a happier version of Le Mis. I got it. And Eddie Redmayne from Le Mis
1: then could cross over to be uh, in a film called Fantastic Greeks and Where to Find Them. <laughs> Because this ensemble cast is fantastic.
0: Oh, so good. So good.
1: You know what, Ricky? I really enjoyed your headcanon, and I was so enthralled by this movie that I'm just going to keep it simple and say that Bill, uh, his character, was in the same universe as Series of Unfortunate Events because he has an eye tattooed (laughs) on his leg. There. The weakest headcanon I've ever... I mean, I could <laughs> I could do what I do and say that all three of these guys are actually one person and that they represent <laughs> yeah. the psyches of a single entity that probably died 10 years ago, whatever. But no, I'm just going to say his knee tattoo makes him part of the Snicket Snicketverse. So let's do
0: that. I think that that is... A super trooper headcanon, Grayson. Thanks, man, you're really leaning into it, and I appreciate it. Now we're going to go into the part show where we like to talk to you about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake. Yes. If Mama Mia were to say, here we go again, and they were to basically reboot this franchise. Um, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? And nothing else. So the musical and the music is so much fun. I would actually love to see this as a Netflix original. Um, I'm a big fan of the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, that show is a musical comedy, and it's one of my favorites. And I think that if they did a Mama Mia, the series? Go back to Donna bringing up Sophie. I think that that could be a really fun storyline. Or even... Um, for them to start from, hey, let's just travel the world and sing other ABBA songs, that could be cool, too. But I think just overall, I think that this cast of characters would make a really fantastic sitcom. As far as the cast goes, I don't know if any of these people can sing well or not. So mm-hmm. actually, you know what? I can fix that real quick, and I will just pull from something that I do know people can sing well in. Um So I'm just going to say I would love to see the following people in no particular order. Uh, Anna Kendrick, Anna Camp, Brittany Snow, Rebel Wilson, and the rest of the cast of *Ocean's Perfect. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Elizabeth Banks. Okay. If we take Elizabeth Banks as uh, Donna, I think that that would be great. Uh, And then – Yeah, and then Anna Camp, I think, would actually be a really good um, Sophie. And then, you know, Anna Kendrick and Britney Snow are her best friends. Nice. Then, as far as my three dads, um, Idris Elba, I just assume that he sings as well as he looks. Um, (laughs) And. You got a face for singing. uh, (laughs) And. David Tennant, I think, would be really great to see. That is so
1: crazy that you say that because my recast had David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Peter Capaldi playing the three guys (laughs) with Billy Piper as as Soap. Yes. So, yeah, it's a little creepy. Yeah, it's a little creepy. But the twist is that the actual dad was Eccleston the whole time. (laughs) And then just to really mess with your head, Jodie Whittaker was the mom. (laughs) Like, how can that be? That's how she doesn't know who the father is. Mamma mia! For the remake, I took it a totally different way. It would be like a full-on reboot, and uh, you could still have the the mother-daughter dynamic there, but um, it would just change who she's choosing from, and it would be called Momoa Mia, where uh, she has to choose uh, from Aquaman, Caldrogo, or um, actor Jason Momoa. So um, no third role, just it's him, and I <laughs> I think people would really dig it because you'd have three times the Momoa
0: Momoa Mia. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment, our curtain call, if you will, uh, where we like to give you a reason to recommend. Now, Grayson, why would you recommend Mamma Mia?
1: I recognize that musicals are not for everybody, but if you find that you can tolerate them, please check out Mamma Mia. The reason I love, let me start with why I recommend movie musicals in the first place. So I love musicals because they're able to convey emotion in a way that you can't do through just spoken word. Um, The music adds an entire another layer to it and they have to embody the emotion that is paired with the song. Um, The second thing is movie musicals. Are great because you get all of that, plus the ability to go to different uh, locations and edits, and you're able to capture the more, uh, I'd say, dynamic aspect of cinematography and filmmaking uh, that. Uh, you don't. You're not always able to get when you're locked down to a single location uh, on a stage. So you kind of get the best of both worlds there. For Mamma Mia, I recommend it for all those reasons. Plus, you're able to get uh, a fun story that is backed by very catchy songs. Like there's a reason that they said, "Hey, you know what?" We can build an entire story out of these songs. It's because those specific songs, like, they're fun songs. Or even the ones that are sad are catchy and and very emotionally charged. Uh, I highly recommend going just like YouTube the original music videos from ABBA. Like, they still carry that emotion. And you can see why people were like, if there's this much emotion packed into this three-minute song, what can we do through telling an entire story based on them. And I would have loved to have just seen the process of how do we piece together an entire story surrounded around what we know from this music. Um, but it's ultimately it's fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which you get from the the credit sequence. Uh, there's some huge actors in it. How do you get bigger than Meryl Streep? Uh, it's just, uh, it, it's a blast and I'm excited yet nervous for my stated reasons uh, for the sequel and just to see where they go with it. Cause I think they're taking it in the right direction of kind of Godfather part twoing it where you, you go to like the flashback of this um, established character. So um, I think it's going to be great. It all started with uh, this stage production that became this movie musical. And if movie musicals are your thing and you haven't seen Mamma Mia, it is definitely worth checking out because um, it, it might be right up your alley so um highly recommend it i obviously have an emotional connection to it and it is uh worthwhile every single time i watch it
0: well said grayson well said um also i think i want to say thank you for saying uh that mama mia here we go again is the godfather 2 of movie sequels so i think that that's great <laughs> you heard it here yeah? that's the bar get that trademarked uh yeah i i would recommend this movie i mean as someone who watched it for the first time um i was pleasantly surprised by it it's it is a lot of fun even if you don't know abba or have any um nostalgic connection to that um this movie and this musical is still very pervasive in pop culture so it's definitely one of those um essential things to watch uh, and it is very entertaining. I mean, to to summarize this in its briefest form, watching this movie, you can dance. You can jive. Having the time of your life to see that girl. Watch that scene. Dig in the Mamma Mia. Doesn't really rhyme as well when you replace it with the title no. of the movie. But you know no, what man. I'm doing.
1: No, it was it was great. It was really great. You really made me proud. Like you haven't done that every episode we've done <laughs> in this podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Mama Mia! Exclamation. <laughs> and that is our review of Mama Mia. Let us know what you remember about Mama Mia, the play or the movie musical, or as I like to call them, movicals uh over on our twitter page we are at flashback flicks and it would mean a lot to us if you could review this podcast on a scale mm-hmm. of one to five paternity tests whoa it's like a maury Povich show or even better uh on a scale of one to five
1: dancing queens oh, five dancing queens is the best and that is what i saw in theaters
0: and be sure to tune in next time, right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. <laughs> <laughs> de-ding, de-ding, de-ding. That's right, guys, we're having an encore. After the podcast. Hit it, Grayson. You can dance.
1: You can
0: dance. Uh, I can't. My throat closed <laughs> up.
1: I couldn't sing words. They were just noises. It sounded like a cat. <laughs> but I did have the time of my life
0: next time on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast your mission ricky should you choose to accept it is to review the impossible mission of reviewing the 1996 movie mission impossible and as always should you or any of your co-hosts
1: be caught or killed we will disavow any knowledge of your actions This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, Ricky.
0: Wait, how even... There's (laughs) going to be a
1: lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that. Mom, Maria.